0: Hello, Hello, Trevor.
1: How are you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm doing all right, boy. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of We Need to Talk About Movies podcast. I said I wasn't going to do it like that again, didn't I? I just did. Sorry about
0: that. Do you want to have another shot at it? Yeah.
1: I'll just do it. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of We Need to Talk About Movies podcast. This week, ladies and gentlemen, we are talking about the... 2006 movie, Little Miss Sunshine. Comedy road flick, isn't it? Road movie.
0: Yes, it is.
1: Uh, With a little bit of drama. It's got a wickle bit of drama,
0: hasn't it, in it? Yeah, there's notably a touch of drama in there.
1: So, have you ever seen this film before,
0: Nath? I haven't seen this film before, Trev, no.
1: No? I was thinking as I was watching this, I'm sure Nath said he hasn't seen this, but I'm watching it thinking, this is completely the type of film I'd imagine Nath would would really enjoy. Was I right? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I did. I did quite enjoy the film, yeah. Yeah. It's It's a bit of a
1: change of pace after the last film we discussed. Yeah. Bad Boy Bubby. Uh, And it's my choice this week. And I was going to choose a, a 70s, a gritty 70s film that I've wanted to do for ages. But after Bad Boy Bubby, I thought... We need a little bit of sunshine in, <laughs> in our lives.
0: Just brighten the whole situation up a Yeah, touch.
1: so we've raised it up. <laughs> but we get on to a Little Miss Sunshine in a bit. Because first of all, do you know, at this time of the evening, I like to ask you a question, don't I, Nath?
0: You do like to ask me a question, don't you? Yeah. Have you, you watched any films recently, Nath? I have watched films recently, Trev. Have you? I have, yeah. Oh, wow, what have you watched? I watched um, Big Trouble in Little China, oh. Bad Boy Bubby, <laughs> Little Miss Sunshine. Any and... that we haven't
1: discussed?
0: No, I, I, I did actually. I did. I watched two films yesterday.
1: Oh right, cool. What I watched? watched
0: the Amazing Spider-Man, which is the original. Oh, the
1: Andrew Garfield. Andrew yeah.
0: Garfield one. Yeah,
1: I see. I don't mind them.
0: I quite liked it. I thought it was yeah. good. Yeah, I did enjoy them. I preferred him to the guy that was previous, which was was it Toby, uh, Maguire? Toby
1: Maguire. Yeah, I think I like Toby Maguire, but when you look back, he's not the best Spider-Man. But for, well, my favorite Spider-Man is uh, Tom Holland. Yeah, I just think as as Pete uh, Parker, Parker. God, I was going to say Griffin, as Peter Parker, <laughs> as Peter Parker, Sorry. he's just brilliant. It's like watching Michael J. Fox in Back to the Future,
0: isn't it? Yes, yeah, very much. Really so. good. Um,
1: but yeah, yeah, the Andrew Garfield ones—I thought that were all right.
0: Yeah, I really, I really quite liked him as Peter Parker, and I enjoyed uh, Emma Stone. Oh, um, what's the other chap that plays oh, the lizard?
1: Yeah, who did play the lizard?
0: Yeah, Brit- British I actor, isn't it? I—is it? it Eyeball Paul?
1: <laughs> yes, yes, I know you mean. Yeah, um, Reese. No. But,
0: uh, God. He is a Welsh bloke, isn't he? He was in Notting Hill, wasn't he?
1: Yeah. Um Oh God. Rhys Ifans?
0: Was it him? That's the that's the chap, I think, yeah. 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 But he's uh yeah, so he was quite good in it. So yeah, I enjoyed that. And also I watched um Ode to Joy. Right. Which was on Netflix.
1: Okay. What's that about? Now,
0: the original Impetus for watching it is the uh, female lead is the same female lead that I quite fancied out of Deadpool.
1: Right, okay. She was in um, the Meteor film, was she? Was that her? In
0: the Meteor film. The
1: Meteor film that we watched. Um, one of our early podcasts.
0: Yes, 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 I think she was, yeah. Which
1: I can't remember the name of.
0: <laughs> oh, Greenland.
1: Greenland, yeah.
0: Yeah, with Ger- Gerald Butler, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so anyway, so... Um, she was in it, and it is uh, Freeman, Martin Freeman, is
1: it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Bilbo.
0: Yeah, so Bilbo has got narcolepsy, a form of narcolepsy, right. uh, that is triggered by strong emotions. Right. So every time he gets happy, he falls asleep. So he tries to leave, lead the most boring, dull life possible. Right. Uh, so he's a librarian, and um, like when he's walking through town, like he'll listen to the funeral march on big headphones and (laughs) sort of, he can't look at women with cute little puppies and stuff. Otherwise he starts falling asleep. So it's it's really, it's quite a funny premise for a film. Sounds um, interesting. Yeah. She sort of falls for him, uh, even though he's not trying to, but he can't get romantically involved because he'll just fall asleep. And then he ends up dating some boring woman and sort of anyway, it's, it was quite a nice, funny film. Yeah, it was all right. Yeah, I quite enjoyed it. Oh, it's cool.
1: That's good that you've watched a couple of films because it was like only two days ago we had done the Bad Boy Bobby podcast. Podcast. Yeah. And I thought I oh, ain't gonna watch, have watched any films,
0: and you have. Yeah, well, I had. Uh, I was fucking tired yesterday, so um, I just just thought, had a oh, film day. Yeah, yeah. It's a yeah. film day.
1: Well, I watched
0: a film as well. What did you watch, bruv?
1: It's on Disney Plus. Still at the cinemas, but come on Disney Plus this week. So me and my boy sat down and watched uh, Free Guy. Oh, what well, I really want to see that. Yeah, oh, it's, it's a bit like um, Tron meets the Truman Show, yeah. meets Ready Player One, meets Wreck It Ralph, meets. Oh, just, you know, it's a lot of films all in one. It is great. Ryan Reynolds, just funny guy, isn't he? No,
0: no, free, free guy. Free guy.
1: Yeah, that's what I said, wasn't it?
0: Ryan Reynolds, free guy.
1: Yeah. That's what I said, wasn't
0: it? Yeah, no, it's just you said Ryan Reynolds, funny guy, and I was like, free free guy. <laughs> oh,
1: right, yeah. Funny Sorry. guy, Naif. <laughs> and Taika Waititi is like the villain in it.
0: He steals the uh, show, does he?
1: He's good in it, yeah, but it's hard to steal a show off Ryan Reynolds, isn't it?
0: Right, okay.
1: But my son said it's his favourite film. I really liked it. There's some really funny bits in it, but it's sort of the end. Just as soon as it's like they've got a countdown to do the task, you know, I just, I lose it then. I lose interest a bit, but it was really good. If I had to give it a five star rating, I'd say it was a four star.
0: Right, and if you had to give it a 10 star rating?
1: Seven and a half, eight. Right, yeah. No, it's quite good. It was good. But it is funny. There's some really good jokes in it. A great premise. It's like they're living in like a Grand Theft Auto type of world, or he is, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But he doesn't realise he's in the game and then falls in love with the creator and, you know, shit like that. It's a bit, like I say, it's Truman Show meets Ready Player One meets Tron. Yeah, yeah. Meets Wreck-It Ralph, you know, all those things. Worth worth a watch. I reckon you would really enjoy it. Yeah,
0: I've I've watched so many of the trailers, and I think like after the Deadpool stuff, I think Ryan Reynolds is just on fire at the minute. And I sort of really. Is, have you seen any of the um, the Hitman's Bodyguard films as well? No, the, the first no. Hitman's Bodyguard is fucking brilliant. So I I don't know what the second one's like, but yeah. Anyway, Ryan Reynolds can do no wrong apart from Green Lantern. <laughs>
1: I don't think I've seen that. I haven't seen many of his films, if I'm honest. No. Have you really. not?
0: Oh, my God. What about Definitely Maybe and The Proposal? No. And basically any rom-com made in the early 2000s?
1: No. no. Did he do the one Served? Was he in Served? Or I imagine that? Oof,
0: I don't even know Served.
1: I'm sure it's called Served. Waiting. Waiting, it's called. Yeah. That's what it's called, Nate. Waiting. I think that's the only one I've seen him in quite an old film right but they all work at a restaurant yeah and it's just all about what they do to like entertain themselves while they're working there's a game they play where they have to show they have to get each other to look at their testicles <laughs> <laughs> right okay. And they get different points for whatever move they've used to show their testicles <laughs> <laughs> oh it's great great fun uh anyway, we're not talking about Ryan Reynolds today, are we? Oh.
0: <laughs> um
1: so the other week we watched uh Big Trouble in Little China, didn't we, Nave? Do you remember we watched that? We
0: did wa- yeah, we did watch that. That was one of the films that I watched.
1: Yeah, that's you've watched that. I've watched it. Now, we had a lot of comments on Facebook and our YouTube. We always share it to our Summit enough and YouTube page. Um Unfortunately, we can't get into Facebook tonight. So anyone whose message on there, you're not going to get your messages read out tonight. But um, people have commented about big trouble in little China. We've had R J E K S B. I used to go to school with his uh, his brother. I think it was P F T K S B. Was P F T? his Brother, um, he said it's all in the reflexes.
0: In it. In it all, in the reflexes.
1: Yeah. It's hard getting a name, says Jack Burton, legend. Chris Hansen, 1980, said, love this film. Great choice. JPT75, who's an older model than JPT78, said, (laughs) I remember being a kid and going to see it at the cinema. Great film. And Quentin Willicott said, a great episode, completely forgotten this movie, so dug it out. And yes, a real feel-good film, perfect for rainy weekends, many thanks. So that was Andy's choice anyway, wasn't it?
0: Nafe? It was Andy's yeah. choice, yeah, it was a good film.
1: And a good choice, good film, good choice. But this week, we're talking about Little Miss Sunshine, so I put a question out there, because it's a comedy road movie, so I said to people, what do you think I might have said, Naf?
0: Um... What films do you like with yellow covers?
1: Uh, almost. It was, what's your best comedy road movies? Uh, Scorpio Kitty says The Cannibal Run.
0: Yeah. You've
1: seen The Cannibal Run, obviously.
0: What about Road Trip?
1: Um, s- someone has said Road Trip, I think. We'll get to that in a minute. But I can't. Is that got, um, what's his name in it? Scott got Got Freddie Stifler. Yeah, and has it got...
0: Yes, Tom Green. Tom, Tom Green, Green yeah. yeah. Yeah, He's the one narrating the story or something at the U- at the college or university or something. Yeah,
1: right? I do remember I did quite used to enjoy that. Haven't seen it for a long time. Don't know how well films like that hold up anymore, but they were good when I was a young juvenile delinquent. Uh, Bulldog Badger says, National Lampoon's Vacation, or Planes, Trains and Automobiles.
0: Yeah.
1: Both films written by... John Hughes, we talked about him last week in the '80s films. I do love the vacation
0: films. I used to love them as a kid.
1: Uh, Boiled egg, me, myself, and Irene. Is that a road movie?
0: Yeah, yeah, he does. He he takes. Uh, he's taken her across country to. Oh, my God. They said he should take a vacation because he's all stressed out and he's starting to have those um, schizophrenic episodes, isn't he? Yeah. So then he has to take, is it Renny Zellweger?
1: I think it is, isn't it? Yeah, he has to take
0: her across country somewhere and he keeps um, turning into Hank, doesn't he?
1: Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that is, is a bit of a road trip movie. Yeah, I'll give him that.
1: Jason Paris says it has to be Harold and Kumar. I don't think I've seen Harold and Kumar. No. I know of it, but I don't think I've ever watched it. Uh, Stephen Goodwin says Rat Race, the Klaus Barbie scene and stealing the car has me in tears every time. Do you remember Rat Race? That's the one. It's a bit like a modern cam it's actually a remake of an old sixties film,
0: isn't it? Is that um, the one it's with a Matt- Rowan Atkinson in?
1: Yeah, yeah. isn't like John Cleese in that as well, If I imagine that?
0: No, yeah, I think he is in it. He's um he's one of, loads of people he's one there. of the ones instigating the, the race, isn't he, John Cleese? Could be.
1: But yeah, I think that's a, a remake of an old 60s film, which someone suggested on Facebook, but I can't remember what your name was and I can't read your comment, I'm afraid, but they said A Mad, Mad, Mad World, which is what that race was based on. Um, Jay Sonic says Midnight Run. De Niro and Grodin are both superb. That is a great film. Have you ever seen that?
0: I don't think I have.
1: Sort of like an 80s action comedy where Charles Grodin is a criminal... Um, or is he like done for fraud or something, I think? And he's sort of like a more of a businessman type, but he's captured by Robert De Niro. Yeah. And, you know, Robert De Niro is like a bounty hunter, has to get him from A to B. Right. But Grodin, like, has a breakdown before they get on a plane, they can't fly, so they have to travel across country. It's really great. For yeah, them. yeah, yeah. Poor old Ch- Charles Grodin uh, passed away not long ago, about three or four months ago. No way. But, yeah, good, good, look. good actor he was. And he says, Jason, it also says, Raised in Arizona is also great. Raised
0: in Arizona. I don't know if I've seen that
1: one. You must have done. Nicholas Cage. Um, it's a Coen brothers film, their second film. It's a bit like Roadrunner. Um, and they got, he marries the policewoman. He's a convict. Right. And he falls in love with the policewoman who always takes his photo every time he's arrested. And then they steal a baby off of this rich bloke with, who has like quintets.
0: I'm, you must have seen I might have it. seen it.
1: Oh, that's one for discussing this, if not, I reckon. Right, okay. Chris Benton says, airplane. Oh, hang on. Not a lot of road in that one. I'll get my coat. <laughs> Just Chris. Johnny Waffle says, both the National Lampoon movies, Chevy Chase was a funny guy. T in Valhalla says, Paul, uh, good silly Peg and Frost, sci-fi references and Easter eggs for days. Good fun. I've not seen Paul. I've watched like Hot Fuzz and Shaun of the Dead, but I don't think I've seen any of the other stuff. I
0: think Paul Paul was all right. Yeah, I didn't mind Paul. Keith Chapman,
1: has to be Dumb and Dumber. Ooh, that is a good one. John Justice says, Dumb and Dumber, Paul and National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Uh, John, that's the only vacation film where they're not on a road. (laughs) But we know what you mean. Lou and Lowell's Travels said Planes, Trains and Automobiles. Again, so that's another one there. Uh, Mark Alden says Convoy. But that's more of an action, isn't it? It's not comedy, is it? Smokey and the Bandit? Smokey and the Bandit would be. Yeah. Wouldn't it? There's um Spielberg's first film is a bit of a road movie, but it's, I don't know if it's comedy as such. Um, There's some funny bits in it. Sugarland Express
0: right yeah
1: I mean there's a lot of road movies and then there's comedy road movies isn't there but they ah oh, Coupe de Ville have you ever seen Coupe de Ville no about three brothers who always used to fight and their dad's dying and he's asked them all to go and pick up his Coupe de Ville car and travel back across America with it so right, who's yeah. in that the tall thin criminal out of uh, Home Alone Daniel
0: Stern right yeah
1: that was quite a good one
0: What about um, Identity Thief? I
1: don't think I've seen that.
0: And is it due date?
1: No, don't
0: know.
1: No. (laughs) No. I think that Alan Arkin, who's in uh, Little Miss Sunshine, plays the grandad, I think he plays the dad in Coupe de Ville as well, if I remember correctly.
0: Yeah. So... This week we watched Little Miss, Eternal Sunshine and the Spotless Mind.
1: We did. We watched Little Misses and the Mr Men and the Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Minds. (laughs) Didn't we?
0: It's a great film if you haven't seen it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it is once Mr Happy fucks off. He pisses me off.
0: Mr Happy?
1: Yeah, he's my least favourite out of all the Little Mr Men's.
0: Look. gloating all the time. Uh, oh, you know? mate, it just fucks you off when people are that happy, doesn't it?
1: Oh, they don't need to be that happy, do they? It, there comes to... a point
0: where it's just obnoxious, isn't it?
1: <laughs> anyway, knife, True. Uh, yeah, so that was all the comments and all the various road movies. So thanks, everyone, for your suggestions. Sorry if you messaged on Facebook and didn't get a readout. Facebook's down! The
0: world is ending! I'd imagine. It's an apocalypse. It's
1: a it's a Facebook apocalypse. Anyway, we're quite a chunk into the podcast tonight. So let's get on with Little Miss Sunshine. So if you haven't seen Little Miss Sunshine before, I'll give you a quick synopsis. We're following the Hoover family. They're a dysfunctional family. There's a little podgy daughter who's obsessed with beauty queens and her granddad has been teaching her a dance routine for their local pageant, which she finds out she has won with their dad. Who's se- trying to sell his s- sort of self-help positivity life winning <laughs> program. Yeah. Yep. Uh, their uncle played by Steve Carell, who is a suicidal homosexual and their son played by Paul Dano, who is a, Mute has decided he's took a vow of
0: silence.
1: Silence. And struggling mother Tony Collette, who's trying to hold the family together, all together they embark across the country to get their daughter to a uh, Little Miss Sunshine pageant. Yeah. That's it.
0: That's the story, isn't it? It is the story. And um it doesn't sound overly sort of hysterical like when you say it like that, but Christ, when you watch no. it is Brilliant.
1: I was watching the uh, director's commentary and the director's the, uh, husband and wife team, uh they said exactly that. Someone said, Oh, you should have a look at this script and they're like it sounds awful. It doesn't sound like this whole film I'd watch, let alone want to make. Yeah. But then they said as they read the script, it's just great from the uh, from the word go, isn't it? It just It's a bit it's not a slow burner, but it's not hilarious at the beginning, is it? It takes a little while to get to know the characters. Yeah. Even though you're dropped into their stories almost straight away in just like several shots, you meet each character and get the gist of their plight, don't you?
0: Yeah. I really love how quickly you grow to hate the dad. The dad. Greg <laughs> Kinnear. Is it Kinnear? Is that how we pronounce it? It is Greg Kinnear. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, oh my God, his fucking nine point plan and sort of how <laughs> how he just has no idea about how to speak to people like he's he's there trying to give this fucking brilliant life solving advice uh, to people in the form of his, his nine point plan so like in life there are only winners and losers and the difference between the two is oh, I can't fucking remember but it, it just it's awful it makes you want to be sick in your own mouth
1: Yeah, well, I think this is what the writer was going for. It was like looking at America and there's that American sensibility where you're either a winner or a loser. Yeah. You know, if you're not a winner, you're a loser. And losers are sort of looked down upon and, you know, you don't want to be a loser. And he's sort of like, well, that's such a horrible way of looking at life because there's all these different, bits in between isn't there you know
0: yeah yeah yeah
1: and you've got to learn from losing to come back stronger and what have you you know you know
0: what one person might consider to be losing another person will be over the moon with and totally content with exactly yeah you know what I mean so you can't just box life off into these two little categories and oh just yeah you just that he delivers it so well just the way he plays it as well he just oh he (laughs) really really rates on you (laughs) yeah
1: And slowly but surely, the sort of the the little arrogant glow in his life, you know, in his persona, is whittled away, isn't it? <laughs> As the film yeah. goes on, and you're just like, ha. but like even at the beginning scenes where you first meet Steve Carell, and they're all sat at the table, and he sits down with Steve Carell, and he's like, Steve Carell has just been only just come out of hospital. Yeah, Tony Collette's, he's Tony Kelet's brother. She's gone to pick him up because he's tried killing himself. And she's like, he's got to stay with us. She brings him home. And Greg Kinnear just doesn't know how to talk to him at all. Shakes his hand. Hey, it's really good to see you. How you doing? Sits down. <laughs> and as soon as he's sat down, he's like standing back up because he doesn't yeah, know like, how oh, to Yeah, he's like, oh, mayonnaise or
0: something, isn't he? Then he just stands up and walks <laughs> off again. It's just like, you fucking dick.
1: But even when... Uh, the girl's like, what did you do to your wrists? And he's like, don't tell her. And then the mum's like, no, I think she should know. And Steve Carell starts telling the story about how he was in love with a man. And then the, the bloke that he's in love with ran off with another professor yeah. who was like the second most qualified professor in the thing. And Greg Kinnear's like, oh, so who was the best? You know, who you know. Who was the most qualified? And he's like, yeah, that'll be me. So already you've got that winning and losing. You know, he's a winner because he's better qualified, but he's already lost in love. So it's just, there you go. Nothing is black and white. And that's just a great way of summing up what we're about to watch, really, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's brilliant. And uh, I just oh, that that family meal scene is just brilliant. That that where you first get all of the key characters in the same room together at the same time, it's just brilliant. And I love Alan Arkin, the grandpa, just, is just fucking brilliant in this role.
1: What is it? Fucking chicken again? <laughs> Every night with the fucking chicken.
0: I just, I, I really hope to fucking God that I get to that age and I'm just, I'm exactly the same. Like, you know what I mean? His, his attitude to that home that he was in, it was paradise and, you know, he just wanted to do whatever he, he, you know, he's paid to be there, so he should be allowed to do whatever he wants. And for some reason, he's like really offended that they took, they, they were upset with him for snorting heroin or whatever he was doing, you know?
1: <laughs> they chucked him out. For snorting heroin. Yeah. It's great, isn't it? The drug addict granddad. He's like, don't do this shit when you're young, but when you're my age, what else is there to do? (laughs) (laughs) It's like, now's the time to do it.
0: Oh, (laughs) this is fucking great. So anyway, that scene unfolds and they're all sort of, um, you know, you're sort of, you're realising that Tony Collette's character is really just, holding everything together as best she can. You've got the drug-addicted granddad. You've got the overambitious but possibly misguided little girl. Yeah. You've got the voluntarily uh, mute teenage son, who's obviously a little bit emo. Uh, you've got the homosexual suicide, failed suicide attempt that is Steve Carell. And then you've just got the fucking dad that is just missing it all. Just, he's just literally, he's got to the point where he's got this family in front of him and he has just missed everything that you're supposed to take in from life on the way getting there. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think as well, there's a, like a line at the beginning where Tony Collette says, oh, you're in with Dwayne when she's showing the brother around. And she says he's, he's just got back from his dad. So I don't think Dwayne is actually... Greg Kinnear's son. No. So he's like the stepson. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: So Greg Kinnear's already distanced from that. He doesn't really have a lot of say with Dwayne at all, does he? You know? No. So you already feel that he's, there's, it is a real dysfunctional family, but it seems such a real family as well, doesn't it? You completely buy that they're all part of the same thing. And I mean, they're all well, brilliant casting. Paul Dano, I just think he's a great actor. Yeah. And there's a, he doesn't say a lot in the film because he's a mute, but what he, you know, how his face is, you know, just what he does, his expressions and his attitude, it's just perfect. But there's a couple of scenes sort of later in the film after like, like the scene in the hospital where they found out about the, the the passing of the granddad. Yeah. And it's not the most emotional scene for what it could be, but, just Paul Dano's face, just how he reacts to it. Just choked me. Just his slight reaction to that was the most emotional thing in that whole scene. I just thought, and then there was a bit later on as well when he finds out he's colorblind. Yeah. And just how he reacts to that. Yeah. Just, ah, oh, he's just such a powerful actor. He's brilliant. Yeah. For such a
0: young he guy. He had some great bits in this film for sure. <clears throat> And sort of uh, when he does finally start talking, that sort of bit where he's out on the pier with Steve Carell and they're just sort of, um, you know. And you can tell, like, poor Dano, like, from his perspective, he gets it. He sees the dysfunction in the whole family and he fucking hates (laughs) it and he can't wait to get away from it.
1: you, You don't look at him as like, oh, he's a whiny fucking teenager. You look at him as, yeah, he's actually... He can see this family better than the dad can, yeah. can, can't he? He know? almost
0: feels like the adult.
1: Yeah, he does. And him and Steve Carell, to be honest, they're both yeah. looking in from outside. You're almost looking at the family through their eyes, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. You're always watching for their reaction to things, and they're actually paired together straight away in the film. And they're, they're, as the film goes on, they're always. Together then, aren't they? Yeah,
0: yeah, they sort of They sit next to each other in the car and
1: yeah. I mean Steve Carell, this was his first sort of dramatic role, I think. Right. And I think the producers really didn't want him in it because he hadn't really done anything. I don't think by this point the office was out. Um but in production during production they kept going, Are you sure you want him? you know, we they had Bill Murray in mind, they wanted Robin Williams and the director and that like, No, 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 we we fixed Steve Carell. By the time they was filming it, 40-Year-Old Virgin came out, and I think the first series of The Office as well. Right. And all of a sudden, you know, they was like, right, when we're promoting this film, just send Steve Carell everywhere. <laughs> 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 Push him out to, the, to meet the fans and talk about this film.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: But funnily enough, I remember this film quite vividly, but it wasn't until I got the DVD case off the shelf yesterday, and I was like, Oh, I forgot Steve Carell was in this. <laughs> out of all of them, he was the only one I couldn't remember being in it. Isn't that weird? I've watched it loads of times, and just my mind had just blanked him out.
0: He is, uh, he is, he is good in it. You know what I mean? It's not, it's yeah. not like a standout role of his for sure, but he he is good in it.
1: Oh, he's very reserved, isn't he? And very. Um,
0: it's not the Steve Carell that you you know him for being famous for, like you know, no, but.
1: It's a down-to-earth, reserved performance. Um, There's some really great scenes in there with him, and he does look just, you know, how he holds himself when he first meets, when he's first in the family, and you just really get that sense that he's straight out of the hospital and trying to get back into the swing of things, you know, slowly trying to place himself back in this world he's just tried to remove himself from, you know? he's got that tired look in his eyes all the time yeah,
0: as well he's sort of he, he's almost like a link um that sort of sort of ties the film together isn't he he's sort of i don't know brings it about because it's it's him being there that um instigates them all having to go on the bus isn't it because he can't be left alone
1: yeah well i mean if you look at it really they're like oh we'll have to get a plane you can't get a plane we can't afford a plane but you think Diesel to get them across the country. Whenever they stay in a hotel, they've got to have free rooms, yeah. <laughs> like in all the motels. To feed them all, you know, there's five. What's it? Six meals instead of like just the two that they'd have on the plane. <laughs> Surely it would work out by the end. It would have been just as cheap to fly. I, I got to <laughs> be
0: honest. When they were having the discussion about going, I was really hoping that um, Greg Kinnear was going to stay at home, (laughs) if I'm honest.
1: He is a whiny kid. He's a great actor. He's brilliant. Really, because he's got that sort of boyish, like American charm sort of look about him, hasn't he? Almost like a...
0: He's got that grin and... Almost like a Baldwin, isn't he?
1: Yeah, he is. Um, And it's all that bravado and, yeah, you know, it, it just, I think he's great casting for this. Um, I remember him as well, have you ever seen the film Autofocus? I don't
0: know if I have.
1: Which is it's a true story all about uh, the bloke who used to play Ho- used to be in Hogan's Heroes do you ever remember an old war comedy series called Hogan's Heroes?
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, back in the 50s or 60s but the chap who he played, Bob Crane, he plays Bob Crane in it and um it's the story of Bob Crane because he he just turned up dead one day. He'd like been bludgeoned to death in his own bed, and it's this story all about him. And it's basically he was a bit of a sex addict. He made become friends with this chap who was into video. And they used to invite girls back to offer the back of Bob Crane's success. They'd invite girls back to their apartment. And film them having sex, and then they just watch all these videos. Right. And then Bob Crane started to think, oh, I just want to get out of this. It's Willem Dafoe who plays his mate in the film. Right, yeah. And uh, yeah, really, it's a really odd film directed by the writer of Taxi Driver, Paul Schrader. Right. But it's sort of like done like a comedy and it's real fast paced. And yeah, Greg Kinnear's is just brilliant in that as well. But it's like this, yeah, light, fast paced comedy with a real like sinister, dark undertone. It's quite, quite an interesting film. Well. But, yeah, whenever I see Greg Kinnear, that's, that's the first film that comes into my head. Yeah. So all right?
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I always remember him for being in Friends.
1: Right. I don't remember him in that. I, didn't, I did watch Friends when it first was on, but I can't... He, who was he in that then?
0: Uh, you remember when Ross was dating the other professor called Charlie? The coloured lady. No. Well, he... um, (laughs) He was in that. Yeah, he was her ex-boyfriend or something. Oh, right. And he was a real smarmy sort of git in that. I see. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, that's what I remember him for. Just thought I'd add that in there.
1: and I remember him in autofocus, so no. All right. (laughs) (laughs)
0: La-di-da.
1: Yeah, it's like his character, though, Richard, isn't it? He just blocks out negativity he's just sort of pressing it isn't he in himself and just you can see it's not good for him it's not good for the family and every time he sort of pipes up about his tony collects like richard <laughs> that's all she has to say and he, he stops doesn't he and yeah you can imagine all like oh there's fucking this shit again and he's like well you know the nine steps richard so, yeah.
0: <laughs> is that there's that scene where they're all sat in that little um roadside uh cafe with the yeah, ice cream, the
1: diner. Oh. oh, Yeah, the, the daughter wants ice cream.
0: He's being a total dick about it, isn't he? He's, he's basically, everything that you hate about um, parents, oppressive parents, he's basically telling his daughter, in not so many words, that if you eat ice cream, you're going to be fat, and if you're fat, you're not going to be beautiful. And it's just like, what? It's
1: no different to Angel's parents in uh, Bubby the other day, is it?
0: Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, then then you just see, like, his actual dad, who is played by Alan Arkin, Steve Carell and Paul Dano, just all, like, completely screw him over. And they're like, oh, well, do you know what? I'm going to have some ice cream. You fancy some ice cream? I'm gonna... And literally, they just make <laughs> it seem so irresistible that uh, Olive has to have some of her ice cream. Yeah, she's
1: like, no one eat anymore. <laughs> but it's like, he, he uses the uh, Miss World as as well, doesn't he? Do you think Miss World eats ice cream? course they don't like you know and you know and you want to be miss world it's really laying laying it thick and sort of manipulating her through what she loves and what she wants to, to get his point across yeah and yeah they just they're not having none of that and it's just i mean the whole miss world thing as well little miss sunshine oh my children God. pageantry yeah but it's that's that's another part of america isn't it where it's Oh, this false sort of, oh my God, children dressing up as women. It was
0: hideous just to see the snippet of it in this context. It was just horrendous. Like, you know, just to see what those girls were going through at such a young age, just to get into this Miss World and Little Miss Sunshine sort of competition. It's just like, what does it actually mean? You know? Yeah. And you just see them all backstage getting the spray tones and having their fake lashes put on and that. And it's just like, for, for fuck's sake. Oh, it's
1: ridiculous. It's hideous. Um, did you notice who was in there, though? The woman that they they say, oh, can we enter? And she's like, no,
0: you're late. Yeah, 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 yeah. From Donnie Darko. Yeah,
1: doing the same, you know, similar sort of character in Donnie Darko, was not she, with the dance troupe?
0: Yeah, a complete cunt. <laughs> You know, she plays it so well.
1: Yeah, as soon as you see her, you're like, oh, I hate her.
0: Yeah. She's just horrible. That's it. Um, She's just trying to turn them away because they turned up like three minutes late for registration or something.
1: Um, But it's great when they're there and that bloke's like, "You yeah, I can do that. I can put that in. She's like, no, no, it'll take too much time. No, it won't take any time. Yeah, I'll do that. And uh, they put it through and he's like, can I help you with anything else? Yeah, is there a funeral home (laughs) (laughs) nearby? I mean, you don't mourn the granddad. You You don't have time to mourn the granddad in this film.
0: That that was that was a bit where they're um, at the hospital and there's all those fucking (laughs) forms to fill out and everything.
1: Yeah, that's it. This is your grievance counselor or something, isn't it? They introduce her as. Yeah. Yeah. And she's not there to, for their grievance at all, is she? No, bereavement officer. This is your bereavement officer. The doctor's like, it's like, you know, yeah, I'm afraid, you know, your granddad's passed away. Um, I'll get our bereavement officer in to see to you, Linda. <laughs> 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 <Shouts>. <laughs> and then she comes in know, like, hi, I'm your bereavement officer, Linda. Uh, I'm here to help you fill out this form. You've got to fill this out <laughs> and just put in all these forms on them. Oh, what you're from? You're not from in this state. Oh, you're going to need this form to fill out the state line. You won't do that today. It's just no, not there to help them bereave at all, is she?
0: No, no, she's just uh, uh, there to drive the spin the cogs so that they get everything they need to get done done, so that they can close out the the, the death and deal with the body, isn't she? Yeah. And it's just, and, uh, oh, my God. And when, like, she eventually she shows them to the body, doesn't she? And then sort of, like, she's almost uh, feigning being quite nice and pleasant at that point. And then you can just see her face turn again as she closes the curtain behind him, doesn't she? Just, <laughs> ah, horrible yeah, people. Yeah, just horrible.
1: There's that shiny side of America and then the bureaucratic side. And there's no room for life in it, is there? You know, if they if you follow everything by the book. And I think that's what this film is. A breath of fresh air in all this fucking shit that people box themselves into, really,
0: isn't it? Yeah, and, and and that scene in in the hospital is the first scene where you really see this dysfunctional family sort of start to gel together when they all of a sudden... Uh, form this plan to bust the granddad's body out of there so that they can sort of do <laughs> yeah. a runner with it and it's just brilliant how it all unfolds as yeah. well isn't it
1: there is a scene earlier on though where they fight the the, the clutch goes yeah I mean, that's a great scene anyway tony collects like oh I'll, I'll have a go at driving and she can't do this gears like eh, eh, and she's going push push down put your foot to the floor and she's like i am i am doing all the things you're saying and then it cuts to him in the car, Greg Kinnear, and it's the same things happening. She's just sat there, stood with that deadpan look on her face. goes, put your foot to the floor. (laughs) Like, you know, just push it. She's saying all the same things to him, but like, oh yeah, see? It doesn't fucking work, does it? But then they find out they can't start the car. It needs a new clutch. So they got to push the van. And I think that's the first time you see them all as a a unit. They push the van. The grandad gets in and he catches Olive. Yeah, yeah. And then... uh, Steve Carell jumps in and Paul Dano and they all get in and they're all smiling in that scene.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And then the granddad turns to Olive and says, was that fun? And it was the first time you see any of them smile, really. Yeah. Because it's all been their depressions and being stressed to get there. The only one who's excited about the journey is Olive. Um But that scene as well in the director's commentary, they said that that was the end of the take. So they all became themselves in that shot
0: right yeah 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 because
1: all they had to do was jump into the van right and uh then they all sort of relax and paul dano smiles and steve Carell's smiling and then the granddad's turned to the girl the actress and said was that fun you know but they just said it was such a touching moment it's like oh it just had to go in there and it's it was it is a great moment it's uh Yeah. It's good to see them united for a change.
0: The thing we haven't touched on yet is um, that Greg is, uh, he's hinging his whole um, sort of life on the the sale of his nine point plan, isn't he? Yeah.
1: Yeah. You've got to meet Stan Grossman. Yeah.
0: Because, oh my God, like Brian Cranston was not expecting him just to sort of jump up in this no that's and before
1: was... breaking bad uh, hank turns up as the police officer as well doesn't he yes yeah yeah the road cop which is another great scene. <laughs> they got a freshly dead granddad in the back of the car they're getting pulled over by the policeman and he's like shall i uh, have a look in the boot no no don't don't go in there and he's like you have just given me just cause to search your car <laughs> and then when he opens the boot Outfalls all the porno mags, one of which is a gay mag. That, uh, <laughs> but he's like, he picks up the porn, he thinks that's it. He hasn't seen the corpse. Yeah. He's like, he's like, oh, you, you like these? It's really, really horrible, sleazy. And he's like, oh, that's that's good, isn't it? That's good. And Greg Kinnear's going, oh, that's sweet s- sweetness. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But that, that was he thinks
1: a, that's what he was hiding.
0: That was another great scene where, when they stopped at the at the petrol station when the granddad was like staying the Steve Carell. He's like, ah, oh, yeah, I want some of that. Get, <laughs> give me some porn, you know, none of that soft shit. Give me some of the real nasty stuff, like you know, off the top shelf or whatever. Yeah. He's like, yeah, get, get yourself, <laughs> and then get yourself a
1: fag rag.
0: <laughs> so he
1: obviously did, and that's like when the police was shuffling through him, and it's like a. Big jugs or whatever, and then the last one's the man, and then he just looks at Greg Kinnear, and Greg Kinnear's like, it's a bit different, something different. <laughs> <laughs> just going along with it. It just ah, oh, it's brilliant.
0: <laughs> that is a good scene. I forgot about that. That is a funny scene.
1: But yeah, Brian Cranston
0: as Stan Grossman. Stan
1: Grossman. And like when they said Stan Grossman, I was like, I recognise that name. I'm sure, like. Isn't the bloke in Fargo called Stan Grossman as well? You got William H Macy's character's trying to get the money off his granddad, isn't it?
0: Oh, and you think his granddad's Stan? Grossman. No,
1: his mate, his Stan Grossman. Right. Do you remember he's got like the sort of the bloke in between and he's like I told you to go through Stan Grossman. He goes, "Yeah, but I I I want to go through you, you know." He thinks he's just going to get the money given to Yeah, him, yeah, yeah. Doesn't he? And then Stan Grossman in the end says yeah yeah it's really good thanks for bringing it to us <laughs> fucks him over so i've definitely heard that name before and i'm pretty sure that's who that is right. Stan right, okay but in this a similar sort of character here isn't it brian cranston's sort of the man who they're taking the idea to and yeah, yeah yeah of course it. it's shit he's not <laughs> we
0: tried selling it
1: yeah but it's a great plan he says yeah but you're it's you basically you're a fucking loser.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) The thing is, is the way he sets himself up, you just enjoy seeing him get shot down so much. Yeah. You know? And it's brilliant. And I love seeing him broken afterwards and I love seeing him (laughs) taking an absolute ear bashing from Tony Collette afterwards as well. Like, you know, because it's basically like, well, he says to her, doesn't he? Like, she said, well, where does that leave us? And he's like, well, we're fucked. It's like, right good yeah well, not but you don't want that for everyone else you just want it for him yeah that's it you know yeah
1: there you go your winning formula isn't such a winning formula after all you know it's not as simple as winners and losers Arsehole. but it's there's a bit of a, a wes anderson feel to this isn't there in some of the shots and i don't know it start the, the opening seat scenes it's quite sort of it isn't Wes Anderson it's not nothing's as sort of falsely because I mean there's a false feel about everything Wes Anderson does isn't there but I think it's the music in it there's a feat the tune at the beginning and I think it comes back at the end and it almost sounds like the tune at the end of The Life Aquatic with Steve Suzu where they're yeah. driving the sub after Ned's been killed and they're going to see the, the jaguar shark. And there's that sort of real poignant music playing and everyone sort of leans forward and touches Steve Suzu on his shoulders, don't they? Do you remember that?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: That The song in this really puts me in mind of that.
0: I think sort of there sure. are some scenes uh, where you're just watching the van go along. Along the horizon. like yeah. The way the scenes have been... Coloured in that it does seem a bit sort of Wes Anderson as well, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, before that, I think these uh, this husband and wife directors they just sort of had done music videos. I think this was their first film, right? Not, sh- not sure what they've done since Battle of the Sexes with Steve Carell and Emma Stone, right? Ruby Sparks, I don't know either of those films, no, don't know, 2012 and Battle of the Sexes 2017. Yeah, it's definitely really well made and great, some great shots and that in it. Great pace. And it's not too long, is it? It's like just a little over an hour and a half long, isn't it? And it's just enough time to sort of enjoy the characters without getting dull. And even like the end. The only bit I really didn't like, right. and it's a pet hate of mine, and it happens in, I'd say, 75% of all Steve Carell films. <laughs> right. He has to dance at the end. There's always a fucking dance, and one of my pet hates is watching Steve Carell do a comedy dance. And they all look, they all get up and they start dancing with the daughter, and they all look so awkward, and it's so, just horrible. And um, it makes my skin crawl <laughs> that ending. Um, and then I did read today. I was looking through different things, and I did read that um, Greg Kinnear also. Hates that ending, and he said he pleaded with them to cut that bit out, cut that scene. It doesn't need it. <laughs> it all goes a bit crazy at that end, it all almost falls apart at that end. You got the girl doing her dance routine, her granddad's daughter, which you have no idea all the way through the film what it's going to be. Yeah, and then she gets up to this pageant and it, she's dressed real crap compared to all the effort everyone else has gone to. Yeah. And she's just like in a horrible swimsuit. <laughs> and, but she comes out, and she's dressed like in a, like with a, a suit almost, isn't it?
0: Yeah. 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 And then
1: she starts ripping it all off. Yeah. She's doing like, her granddad's, dad style striptease, striptease. isn't she? <laughs> And I think that's, that's a great way. And they probably should have just like had her finish her dance routine and the whole audience just like, not knowing what the fuck's gone on, rather than having to get everyone up doing the dancing with her, just yeah, I didn't. It was the only bit of the film that l- let it down for me.
0: Ah, oh, well, if I'm honest, I didn't dislike it. No, no, I, I thought it sort of you know, it was kind of expected, it wasn't like a shock when it happened, but at the same time. You know, it's uh, the family all rallying around to support the daughter and what she wants to do and it's just showing her it's about having fun and it's not the taking part. It's not about the winning and the losing and, you know, you just do you no, what you want it to is do. good that
1: they've got, you know, but I think there could have been another way of,
0: sort of, immune, I don't know.
1: I just, oh, I hate the comedy dancing at the end of films. And I think you watch 40-Year-Old Virgin. I'm thinking there's one on that and there's one on, I don't know, I just remember watching every steve carell film through the fucking noughties and thinking oh he's doing a fucking dance again what is he with this shit comedy dancing um so
0: okay (laughs) it's just how i am fair enough mate each to their own
1: (coughs) isn't it um the van as well i love that that not just do they have to end up pushing it, but also the the horn gets stuck on. <laughs> and, it's and it's not forth. like stuck on, it's just like... Like the, a real weird, constant, musical, like it just flutters and fluctuates. And when they're pulled over by the policeman, he's like, oh, the, f- <laughs> <laughs> the horn's just fucking constantly going off. It's just another little touch where it's like, oh, God's sake, this vehicle, this journey. We should have just stayed at home,
0: <laughs> yeah, don't buy a Volkswagen camper van
1: <laughs> it's it's an earlier model than your old betsy isn't it it, it is
0: yeah, it's the one before yeah. Betsy, yeah, I don't yeah. think they'd ironed out too many of the kinks before Betsy was rolled out of the showroom,
1: <laughs> but yeah, that whole like the final scene where they're at the the pageant, and just Greg Kinnears sat sat there on his own, isn't he in this pageant. And Tony Collette's getting the daughter ready. Yeah. Paul Dano and Steve Carell, Dwayne and Frank, they're like, oh, let's get out of here. And they sort of have a bit of time together where Frank sort of teach, you know, Paul Dano. Because Paul Dano's character's into all his, like, philosophers and things, isn't he? Yeah. And Steve Carell's, I can't remember which philosopher he said, but one of them says, you know, all those years of suffering is where you're what makes you the person you are so if you don't go to high school and you don't suffer you're not going to be much of a person
0: yeah, yeah yeah
1: and he sort of sums it all up and they you know you could see that paul dano feels better about things and then they're like go back to the pageant and paul dano's walking into the the pageant and the the woman's like, have you authorised to be in here? He's like, no. Where's the dressing rooms? <laughs> <laughs> so we'd laughed all the way through, but that like one line, I don't know what it was, just the way he delivers it, just so wrong. Because just like- just before that, him
0: and Steve, <laughs> him and Frank, him and um, Steve Carell, they go in to watch the pageant and then immediately come back out again, don't they? They're just like, what the fuck is that yeah. going on in there?
1: Yeah, and you've got um, the, oh, Greg Kinnear in there just... Mortified at what he's watching, isn't it? <laughs> and then he comes in and says, Tony, Cle- no, don't let her do this, get her out. This is weird. And then she's like, No, no, this is she's got to do this. And then Paul Dano comes straight in, You can't let Olive do this. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is weird, and uh, yeah, you got to be that type to want to do things like that. They're real pushy parents,
0: isn't it? Though? Yeah, it's fucked,
1: yeah. It's sort of... I'm glad we don't have that sort of thing over here. It's just strange. Dressing up like infant girls as women is just fucking odd, isn't it? It is.
0: And then um, judging them on who's the most beautiful. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Creepy
1: as fuck. Yeah. So... The the end is basically just them driving out of the car park, isn't it? And the police—they've been arrested, and the policemen sort of let them off as l- long as they never enter another pageant again. Yeah, yeah, in, in California. <laughs> and Steve Carell's like. I think we can manage that. And then they, you see them drive off and that's the ending. But there was four alternative endings to the film. Four? One, there was, yeah. One, they was just, they, they filmed it. And it was like one of the last things they filmed. And it's a scene where they're all sat at a bench at a road stop. Um, after they've driven off, it cuts to them and they're just all remembering the granddad and sort of having a, a like a reflective look back at their journey and, they were filming it. They didn't even finish filming it. They just said, you know what, guys? You lot are doing a great job, but nah, we don't need this. Another ending was they break into the pageantry place and steal the trophy at the right. end. You see them all running off with the trophy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they drop that as well. I think it didn't need an ending. It was just a good enough ending, wasn't it, that they'd been through that and they just, at the end, they're like, well, that was a waste of time, but as always with a road movie, it does its job of sort of mending all these sort of distanced relations, strained relations, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. It done what it needed to. It didn't need to do anymore. No,
0: and I think, it, I think it was ended perfect where it was. It did, like you say, it didn't, you know, anything else would have just been forcing it, wouldn't
1: it? Yeah, it was a good ending. And a, a really good script. It got me looking into the, the writer, Michael Arndt. 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 Ar-
0: Ar- Arlington. <laughs>
1: Arnold, It's A R N D T. Um, also known as Michael Debrun, Brian Brewer, Bruin, B R U Y N. Why well, can't people
0: just have fucking normal names? Arnold, <laughs> um, <laughs> but it is impossible to say. Arned, Yeah. Ar- Arndt.
1: Arned.
0: <laughs> but amongst
1: the other films that he's written, Oblivion, which I've not seen right, yet. Yeah. Tom Cruise, isn't <sighs> it? Toy Story 3, which I think is great. I love Toy Story 3. It's my favourite of the Toy Stories, that one. Uh, Hunger Games Catching Fire, which is all right not bad The hunger games but they're based on a book and then the force awakens he wrote the force awakens as no, well no way so not many things much like this
0: no really
1: i think this is out of that collection this this and toy story my favorite and then he was also like a co-writer on different stuff like that inside out the other pixar and a few things like that um And then, just a little bit of interesting fact, Paul Dano was 21 years old when he's playing this character, playing a 15-year-old.
0: Right, okay. Uh,
1: But they was in talks for like six years trying to get this made, and they couldn't get the money together, so he was a lot younger when they first cast him. And they kept meeting him each year, thinking, I hope he isn't too manly, and... Luckily, he was a late developer. He hadn't really started growing facial hair. He still had pimples. (laughs) So they got to do the film. But there's only 12 years between him and um, Tony Collette. No way. In real life,
0: yeah. Well, there you go.
1: Similar to Harrison Ford and um, Sean Connery in the Indiana Jones, isn't there? Last Crusade. There's only 10 years between them. Was there? And he's playing his dad, yeah.
0: That's crazy. Yeah
1: little bit of trivia there, Nath. Yeah. You know how I like the old triv, don't you?
0: Love a bit of the old triv, bruv.
1: So, uh, yeah, did you enjoy that then, Nath? I did, enjoy Did you mate. enjoy Little Miss Sunshine?
0: Yeah, it's uh, put me in the mind of what I want to choose for my next film, actually.
1: And it is your next, it's your choice next,
0: mate. Oh, well, that's perfect then. The choice has been made.
1: Oh, I do. I'm looking forward to hearing what it is.
0: Yeah, we're going to watch Battleship. Yeah, with Rihanna.
1: Battleship, is that... Um... What's his name as well, is it? Um, Qui Gon Jin.
0: L- Liam Neeson.
1: Yeah. You're not really watching that, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it doesn't in any way link to what we've just
1: watched. <laughs> just... Good choice. Looking forward to it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I've, I have, I have got a, uh, I have got a choice in mind that I think cool. you'll, you'll quite like.
1: Cool. I'm looking forward to it, then, naif Good. Wicked. So, anything else you'd like to say about Little Miss Sunshine? Anything else you've got in your notes there,
0: Nate? I seemed quite weird this time, uh, after watching it last time, for Jim Carrey, Kate Winslet and Elijah Wood not to be in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But. There you go. Other than that. Winner, winner. But then, I maybe I, I had my mind, my memories erased last time and replaced or something. I don't you know. You could have done. <laughs>
1: so yeah well that was my choice next week it's naif's choice which means the week after it's your choice people so if you've got choice and you want us to watch a film then please let us know which film it is why you want us to watch it what it means to you, you prefer an email wnmovietalk at gmail.com that's WNmovieTalk at gmail.com. Or check us out on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash We Need to Talk About Movies podcast. And there's a pin post there. You can always put your suggestions there. So, yeah. Thanks ever so much for listening. Nate, thanks ever so much for joining me. Do-do-do-do-do. Yeah, no. Well,
0: thanks for the invite, Trev. I had a great time. Good,
1: good. And, yeah, glad you enjoyed the film. So, until next week, everyone, we have been. We Need to Talk About Movies podcast. Chase. Chase. Pop, 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 boop <laughs>